everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Melnick, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Allie, doing great. Thanks so much. Uh, really glad to be back. Let's uh, break down week number 13 of the NFL. Yeah, let's quickly already. go back to week 12, because <laughs> this was an anomaly from an oddsmaker standpoint that you usually don't see in a while. Why don't you give the audience a little... Well, I wouldn't say preview recap of what happened with the sports books last week and favorites versus underdogs, overs versus unders. What do we got? Exactly right. So if we take a look and I obviously you're going to have weeks where things just go uh, well as upside down as they possibly can. Right. And this was one of those weeks where uh, week number 12, pretty much after the Bears re-rallied to beat the Vikings 12-10 on Monday night football. Once that wrapped up, well, favorites. 12 and four straight up and against the spread. That's kind of rare as well. So 12 and four just by picking favorites. Uh, and that was your, uh, your, your record against the spread uh, row teams. Uh, they led nine and seven straight up and against the spread and uh, overs when you're betting totals overs went nine and seven. However, on the season favorites are now 119 and 56 straight up on the season. Uh, 92, 75, and eight pushes against the spread. That's 55.1%. That's that's a winning clip right there. The big one, that's one that's really been the largest anomaly of them all, the total. Unders are still 105, 74, and one. That's 58.7% to the under. Primetime unders improved to 28 and nine. That is almost 77%, Allie. That's that's crazy. Yeah, last week is safe to say was one of my worst weeks, obviously, because there was a lot of favorites that did cover and I love betting my underdogs. But I think this week is going to be a comeback for the underdogs, Robert. And let's not waste any time and let's get to the biggest game of the week. And that is the 49ers against the Eagles. This obviously is a rematch of the NFC Championship game last year. I'm still a firm believer if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt on that first drive. San Francisco beats the Eagles. I thought they were a better team last year. I think they are a better team this year. But before we get into that analysis, Robert, what are the odds we're looking at so far? Ali, this one's been uh, on the move and really in one direction the whole time. Incredible that a team that's 10-1 and one on the season is now a three-point dog, and that's where we're at this morning. Three-point San Francisco favorite in Philadelphia with a total 47 and a half. So I know probably I was actually shocked to see a lot of the public is siding with the 49ers, but then I really wasn't too shocked because if if you think of my mindset too, the 49ers are smelling revenge for this game. They believe they should have won that game. You heard Nick Boza last year when they lost the game. He said, I wish we had a quarterback in that game. <laughs> I think they believe they would have beat the, the Eagles and gone to the Super Bowl. I think they've had this game circled on their calendar since since the schedules came out. It worries me a little bit that the Sharps are more on the Eagles. And the Eagles do have that little chip on their shoulder too, Robert, because they have been hearing all year from the media, same thing as I just said. If Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, they lose to them. So I kind of go back and forth on this, but I just think overall San Francisco is the better team overall, both on defense and offense. That defense has really improved, too, once they got Chase Young in the trade with Washington. Brock Purdy looks healthy as could be. And Christian McCaffrey, I think, could make a good case of being MVP, even though he's a running back and not a quarterback. I'm going to go with the Niners on this one. I also like the over. How about you? You know, if you if you take a look and see why 
just exactly why we're having this number laying into where exactly it's supposed to be. There's a lot of factors that go in it, despite the fact that Philadelphia came out on top over Buffalo. Uh, still a head scratcher, boy, to catch three points. Uh, for me, I, I I just took a look at the injury report, and it's obviously it's been sitting there for a bit. I'm I'm really not quite sure uh, if if they're going to be a go. But I mean, look, Fletcher Cox has already got a ton of miles on on those tires, but you know he has a groin injury, so at defensive tackle, he's probably not going to play. Milton Williams, his backup's concussed. So that's going to leave a really healthy gap right in the center of that line. Uh, I wonder who's going to be able to take advantage of that. You know, clearly everything that San Francisco is going to be able to do dynamically is going to be exactly that. So I still have a feeling that there's going to be one of these games is going to end up to me. It's a coin flip game field goal at the very end. Uh, I, I don't see anyone blowing out anyone here. Uh, so with that being said, I, I, I can't help but to make my first step always the home underdog and catching three with a team that's 10 and one. I'll take that too. Let's talk quickly about last week against the Bills when the Eagles played. I thought the Bills were a better team in that game. I thought they looked better on offense, even though Jalen Hurts had a couple, had a few rushing touchdowns. He didn't look at his best. They made him scramble a lot. Yes. What does San Francisco have to do to limit Jalen Hurts? Besides follow what the Bills did. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what is pretty much the key to this team, right? So if you can have outside containment, I really feel that this is exactly how to beat Philadelphia, right? And so I understand that the Jets at four and seven were the only team that beat Philadelphia this year. So if we go back to their playbook, what exactly did they do? Well, yeah, they, they ended up flushing him out of the pocket but at the same time, really ensured that he wasn't able to go bounce off of his left or right tackle and pick up five, six, seven yards uh, when, when the play failed. So if that's going to be San Francisco's mode to you know pick up the victory, I think that's exactly what they're going to have to do. Uh, ensure outside containment, uh, force him to throw the ball, Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's almost like pick your poison, right? You know, but honestly, that's that's the way to beat this team. Uh, stop what's very likely the reigning, uh, you know, coming up very, very favorite to win MVP right now in Jalen Hurts. Let's go with who I think still should be a front runner for MVP, and that's Christian McCaffrey, which I alluded to earlier. He <laughs> is the most dynamic player in this game, Robert, and the Eagles have not faced a player of his stature all year. If he has one of his multi multi touchdown games like he's had all year, his historic running ability, his historic ability to catch in in the slot, in the slot, uh, screen passes, and, and just turn it into multiple yards after catch. If if they can't stop McCaffrey, who do you give the edge to then? Well, so far, um, it meaning uh, Philadelphia's yeah. ability. Right. Well, no, 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 no. You forget about it. If if you're gonna let him, and and basically, what has he had? He's got a touchdown scored in every game, and like in the last eighteen. Right. So with a total set at 47 and a half, you probably figure the game lands somewhere around 24, 20 uh, is 24, 21, somewhere into that number. That's a lot of touchdowns uh, and, and it's going to be spread out quite a bit. So right. honestly, right. So if you want to go ahead and play cover two uh, and, and, you know, try and maybe minimize Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Well, okay, great. That leaves George Kittle open for plenty of slot right. uh, targets uh, you want to go ahead and, and cut that off by playing closer man to man. 
then you put McCaffrey in motion. There's so many weapons that San Francisco has to offer. It really makes you wonder how they're eight and three. Uh, and honestly, well, they did have some injuries earlier in the year. You know, again, that game against Cleveland, half the team was out before halftime and whatnot. I think I think fully healthy they're the best team in the NFL, and I think the Eagles are going to struggle with their offensive dynamic dynamic. I don't even think we've seen the pinnacle of what the San Francisco offense can do yet. And I think we're going to see a glimpse of it on, on Sunday, because I really think that they're aiming to get some revenge. I really think that they're just going to come out strong. Kyle Shanahan did have a good game plan going into going into the NFC championship yes. last year. I think he knows how to execute it better than anyone. So I'm going to side with the, with the 49ers. You have the Eagles still, Robert. Yeah, Bookie's going to take the Eagles. All right, first disagreement of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to another one, which many think is the best team in the AFC, and that's the Chiefs taking on the Packers. Packers really surprised people on Thanksgiving, how they just came out with a force against the Lions. Probably Jordan Love's best game as as a professional football player. What do we got here for the odds, Robert? Yeah, and so if we go ahead and take a look, this is the late game, and obviously... Kansas City on the road, going to be very rare if they're ever going to be a dog. This one opened up six and a half, uh, too high a number. Uh, here we are right now this morning, five and a half right now in the total 42 and a half, Allie. I go back and forth with this one because I'm not a believer in Jordan Love. I just, I think I've seen more than I need to. I know this is his first full year starting, but it, there, to me, he just doesn't have that pocket presence that eludes leadership like Aaron Rodgers did or like a Joe Burrow does, or a Josh Allen. So, But it, to to my point, I also have always brought up, the Chiefs don't necessarily blow people out. Now, it's been a little different this year. They've kind of been back and forth. But I don't know, Robert. I look at this spread, and I feel like just the pe- – I feel like everyone's begging you to take the Chiefs because how hot they have been. They just beat the, the Raiders significantly. I'm going back and forth with this one. And before I give my answer, I'm going to see what you like. Who are you taking in this one? So you have to take a look and see their their body of work. What I like to do is go back uh, one game, three games, and then the entire season, right? So Green Bay, five and six. Uh, expectations were tempered for this team going into the season. Obviously, Kansas City was, you know, their, their pick to win the Super Bowl. So at eight and three, uh, they are who we expected them to be. Green Bay maybe slightly higher uh, than what we expected in terms of their performance so far this season. Uh, look, they're at home. Right, I think that, that is no- a big advantage. That is a big yep. advantage. They're, they're at home. I, I think that that has something to play into it, perhaps for a point or two. Uh, but boy, this team, this team cannot be counted on to win games unless they really control the line of scrimmage and control the clock. Uh, They're down to AJ Dillon. I think. Uh, Is Aaron Jones playing this weekend? I I don't think that he's, no, I I don't believe that he is. And so that's, that's a big problem, right? If if you're going to have AJ Dillon, you know, basically, you know, be in there for 75, 80% of the snaps, he's, he's kind of like a C grade running back anyway, against Kansas city's defense. And I, I really think that that's going to make really the difference right there is the the dearth of running uh, and, and the dearth of not having the ability to control that clock is going right. to be can, can, uh, Kansas City's road to victory, in my opinion. I think Kansas City wins. I leave no question about that. But looking at the spread 
that is a very tough stadium to play in for visiting teams. I don't care if you're Kansas City defending Super Bowl champs or what. I think Green Bay on defense is vastly improved. And I think that they can do enough to limit Kansas City because when it comes down to it, Robert, if you eliminate Travis Kelsey, Kansas City is very vulnerable. If they're able to double team him and take that weapon away from Pat Mahomes, this is going to be a very close game. And if they do rely on the running game on offense, if Aaron Jones plays, if it's A.J. Dillon, and it takes the it takes some of the weight off Jordan Love, that's only better. But I'm curious to see if how Jordan Love bounces back. And playing the Lions defense is vastly different from playing the Kansas City Chiefs yes. defense. So I don't know how much he can bounce back. But this is just a lot of points for for a home team to for a home team to be underdogs by, especially at Lambeau. I it's it's kind of going back to this la- to the last game we talked about, Robert, the Niners and the Eagles. The Sharps are on the Packers. Everyone and their mother is back in the Chiefs. So I'm gonna have to go against the public and take the Packers to cover. How about you? So I I'll take a look and see what's happened again in the last game, the last three in this year. Kansas City uh, obviously has been searching for that bona fide target on the offense. The defense has been incredible, right? Let's so it's probably the best Chiefs defense that they've yes. had in in maybe five years, maybe even more, maybe even longer than that. So a, a super credit to them for that. Many many victories have been had because of the defense. That will come into play without a doubt on Sunday. What also I like to see is the fact that Rashi Rice has I. I almost want to say that he's becoming he has, a, yep. a favorite target, right? I mean, of course, it's, you know, Kelsey's g- going to take up, you know, the, the vast majority of the targets, but Rice has had a really nice month of November. Uh, and I, I guess now Justin Watson as well, right? So where we didn't really see anyone coming out as the, you know, the bona fide typical, you know, wide receiver one, it's definitely Rice in my eyes. Uh, and, and when you add Rice, on one side, Watson on the other, it, it's going to end up really having, you know, at this point with, with their record being eight and three, you could probably count on those guys being, you know, key contributors to the offense. I haven't even talked about Pacheco and, and how right. angry he runs. Yep. <laughs> so um, there is a five and a half that just popped up out there, but here at Zen sports laying six, I'm still comfortable doing that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and lay the favorite on late Sunday night. All right, let's go to the next game. This is an interesting matchup: Titans and Colts. Robert, what do we got here? Yeah, so home team Titans catching a point to Indianapolis in the total uh, low forty-three. Alley. It seems like every time the Titans play at home, they win this season, Robert. Yeah. So that's not the only reason I'm going to back the Titans. I really like how Will Levis is growing as a quarterback. He struggled a, a few games in the middle. But the kid's tough. He holds his own. But the main factor I see in this game is the main factor why the Titans won last week, and that's Derrick Henry. I think he's going to run through the Indianapolis Colts defense. I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, Jonathan Taylor might not be available for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor is definitely not playing. So I I just don't see how the Colts are going to generate offense if if Jonathan Taylor is not there. The more Gardner Minshew throws, the more he's going to be prone to interceptions. He has one of the highest interception rate in the league. For me, I love Tennessee at home. It's going to be potentially a, a it's going to be a cloudy day. Potential potential with rain in Nashville. I'll actually be at the Titans versus Colts tailgate. 
I love Tennessee right here. I think that they're playing for Mike Vrabel. They don't want him to lose his job. I think that they found their young quarterback in Will Levis and they play motivated. How about you? Yeah, it's going to be a, a difficult climb for Indianapolis to pick up a victory here. Uh, I mean, obviously they had to do it without Taylor early in the year, obviously for about the first month or so. Uh, they had to rely on Zach Moss. That's going to continue to happen. He's going to get... Uh, the start and an awful lot of the carries there for them. Then it's really a question of how they're going to be able to stop uh, everything that Tennessee is going to throw at them. And at this point, uh, you know, with with, with a, a record of four and seven, I think Tennessee just has to throw the entire kitchen sink out at home. They've been doing just exactly that. So even though they've got that four and seven record, Allie, four and oh, straight up four and oh against the spread. Uh, uh, one might say, well, okay there, Bookie, how about the record of the uh, Colts in the exact same situation? Uh, very On sharp. The road, you know. Yeah. Yes. They are three and one, both straight up and against the spread. So something's got to break here, right? Uh, not only that, uh, Colts winners of three, uh, of their last three games. So it's, it's got an awful lot of streakiness happening here. I, I really think that the, the the lack of Jonathan Taylor is going to be felt, right? Uh, but th- this is going to be a field goal game without a doubt. Um, and and so it's if, very low scoring. I would take the very, under. Heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be a low scoring game. Uh, and I actually think that if I had to go and and rely on one direction or another, I like veteran play. Uh, and and so I don't think that we're going to see. A lot of mistakes here. I think we're going to see a pretty conservative game set being put out. I don't think we're going to see an awful lot of airing out by Will Levis in this one. Uh, okay, just knocked me over the ledge there, Allie. Uh, Colts. <laughs> well, you you have uh, a little bias, but you I'll want to call for this one. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's week 13, and someone might be watching the fact that both the Colts and the Houston Texans are both six and five, as if somehow this had it to be this way. It was destined to be, Robert. It was destined. It, it, it might come down to the very last week for at this point. <laughs> Do they play each other the last week, by the way? I'm checking right now as we continue to talk. They, they played week <laughs> two. We, they did play week two, so. <laughs> we got to so, check this one out. For, for um, the <laughs> yeah, as, as, um, I'm taking a peek right now. And so let's, okay, here we go. It's, uh, yes, the last week of the season. Oh, Robert, it was destined. <laughs> it was destined. I mean, you have to find a way to have a watch party of that if they have the same record and in going I, into that game. I completely agree. It's, it's, it's going to be, uh, a, a pretty fantastic thing if both of them end up with the same record at the end of the year. And somehow we have to draw, uh, draw straws or f- find a way to go ahead and, you know, find a way to stipulate the fact that it's going to come down to either head to head or total points scored or something. <laughs> we'll see how watch it's going to end in a tie. Ah. <laughs> Push it to next season. All right. Well, that leads me to the next game Broncos and Texans. What do we got here? Okay. So this one, I really circled the most uh, because I, I really wanted to talk a lot about both of these teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Houston opened up uh, a little short. Uh, we opened them up three uh, and then it closed finally here. We're at three and a half and the total 47 and a half alley. 
So the Broncos are a team that have been vastly improved. I kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the year. They had a lot of injuries on their defensive front. They're fully healthy, and you've seen the last couple games. They've really limited their opponents. However, I think that this is one of the first times, probably since the Miami game, I'd say, Robert, that they're coming up against a true offensive team. Now, when they beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago, Pat Mahomes had the flu. You got to discount that game. Then they went ahead and beat the Jets. We know their their woes on offense. They they won against the Browns last week. We we know what happened there. No Deshaun Watson. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson got out, got injured early. They haven't seen an offense in a while like C.J. Stroud and the Texans. I was actually pleasantly surprised because I picked the Jaguars last week. How well the Texans played against the Jaguars, and they came to within a field goal of sending that game into overtime. I. Or was it winning? I forget. I really love this Texans team. CJ Stroud is going to be a bona fide top five quarterback, in my opinion, for the next decade. I just don't think that the the Broncos are going to be able to keep up with them on offense because the Broncos still have had their offensive woes here and there. And the Titans do have a mightily improved defense from last year. I love the uh, – sorry, the Texans. I love the Texans right here. How about you? You know, the Houston Texans were supposed to have one – the game against Jacksonville, uh, like three different times they had calls going against so like pass interference calls, right. just so many plays that I said, okay, they're going to win here. Nope. They're going to win there. And they just had it taken away. They should have won that game against Jacksonville. So when the number came out, I really wanted to know that it was going to be set higher. I really like Houston here. Uh, and I know, yes, you know, if, if we go ahead and just take a quick look, we haven't really said much at all about, you know, how, you know, what what's happened with Denver? Uh, they've won their last five, uh, and, and it's all really just started to come together off of you know dust. Uh, there there wasn't much hope at all for this team, and and they've really started to turn things around. Where uh, they, they're still giving up a ton of points, right? And I'm going to circle back to that in a moment. Uh, you know, but for basically on on what we're looking at at this point. Uh, a great job by Denver in turning it around, but Houston, absolutely. This, this could be, uh, if anything, my, this would be my play of week number 13. It's the Houston Texans. Uh, and the way they've been put together and what they've built, you're absolutely right. You know, Allie, you know, CJ Stroud right now, we've got him the eighth ranked choice for MVP. I MVP, mean, not, the not rookie of the Panthers, year. Are you just sick to your stomach right now? No, you gotta, you Tepper's got to, uh, we could have a whole show on just Tepper alone. Uh, you 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 really seriously have to start to say uh, it, maybe we should just consider in, instead of looking at you know having a new team, maybe just having a whole brand new front office because they gotta yeah. be completely sick. Uh, so to come back to Houston, I, I really still think because they put in a, a full max effort that I really think they should have beat Jacksonville last week. I really like them here at home. Uh, laying three and a half, I think they win by a touchdown or more. Uh, I'm with you here on the Houston Texans. I agree. I actually think this this could potentially be, I don't want to say a blowout, but I see the Texans winning comfortably right here. Yep. All right, let's move on to another game that I wanted to highlight, and that's the Lions and the Saints. I wanted to highlight this one, two different reasons. One, the Lions just got completely embarrassed on Thanksgiving Day in their home stadium against the Packers. And even when they got embarrassed, I think they had multiple ways to win, but there were some head-scratching decisions made by Dan Campbell 
and some bad fumbles in their own territory in in their in the red zone and their opposing territory that kind of got them behind the eight ball. And then the Saints I want to mention because we just saw them lose again last week and they're another one Dennis Allen is another candidate for potentially getting fired. So Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? Yeah, I I I'm wondering if uh you know, when I set the line, it was a little uh, what have you done for me lately kind of a line. We opened up Detroit three and a half, uh, and uh, that jumped immediately. So we're now at four and a half there, and the total moved high from 44 and a half up to 47. I was actually surprised how low the spread was. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered, well, the Lions did just lose on Thanksgiving Day. So that's still in the back of people's minds. And they don't have the best the best defense. The same still, Robert, it's what I've said about Derek Carr back when he was on the Raiders. They just will find a way to lose this game. Dennis Allen is not a good coach. Derek Carr, I just don't think can come up in those clutch situations. I know Dan Campbell took some heat last week uh, went on Thanksgiving. He went for that. I believe it was fourth and four from like their own 30 yard line, which was completely yes. boneheaded instead. Of, and he, I think they had the fake punt, if I'm not mistaken. They just they they do not execute a, a well game. They have sat on that tape now for ten days, watching that over and over again. I think they come out very motivated. The Saints, even though they're in contention to win that disastrous NFC South, I just think that this is a team without uh, lacking any motivation. I think Dennis Allen's getting fired probably before the end of the year if they fall out of playoff contention. If not, I think he's definitely getting fired at the end of the year. So for me, I love the Lions in this situation to. to to bounce back. I think that even though if the public is on them big, I just don't see the Saints being competitive in this game. How about you? Yeah, I I, I have to agree with you. And their injury report isn't helping matters yeah. at all. Uh Cam Jordan, Chris Olave, you know, they're they're both very unlikely to play. Um and, and you know that's not including you know some of the other key players. I mean uh just over the weekend, obviously, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be out for the rest of the year. He, you know, his ankles put him on the IR. Thomas, of course, Michael Thomas is out. So Saints are not anything resembling what they looked like to start off their season. And it's already been a topsy-turvy kind of a year for them anyway. Uh, you know, just between, you know, their their quarterback play and, and everything that had to do with uh, not having Kamara to start off the season. The fact that they even have five wins is actually probably, a, you know, a, a, just a testament to you know, beating up on some of the batter teams that are in their division and others in their schedule. Uh, I think it's a gift. I think the Lions minus four and a half, you could probably count on them winning this by double digits. And now that means the Saints are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think this is one of the ones where it, it, it might be it might be tempting to go with the Saints because you do know the Lions defense isn't that good. But I just see if there's one team that's going to make mistakes in this matchup, it's going to be the Saints more than the Lions. So I'm with you, Robert, on that one. Okay. All right. Last one, Robert, before we get into the rapid fire round, Chargers versus Patriots. Patriots just plain dumpster fire. And that's why I wanted to spend some time on this one. Chargers aren't too far behind them on the dumpster fire category. What are we looking at here? This is another one where I wanted to pry our uh, our betting public into you know a decision early on i wanted to see just how high the ceiling was on this game so i went really high i opened it up six uh charger six points the better uh and it did get bet down to five which is where we're at now so the chargers are five point favorite and the total 40 it's funny my dad and i were talking this morning he picked me up from the airport in newark 
And he's a Patriots fan. We were talking about this just firestorm of a season that they've been having. And he said, one thing, though, about facing the Chargers is they're probably the only other team in this league that'll find a way to lose more than the Patriots. And I wholeheartedly agree with them. As long as Brandon Staley is their is their head coach, this Charger team is just going to find ways to lose against inferior teams. There's no reason they should have lost to the Ravens on on Sunday night. I watched that game. It was just a disaster. And I know that there were some bad calls. Justin Herbert should have got a, a penalty when he was running out of bounds and he got a late hit. Instead, that turned into an unnecessary roughness on his own guy. There was that fair catch where they got hit. There should have been a penalty. They didn't. But either way, this team, you look at this offense, Robert, and their inability to score is just mind-boggling. With Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, I don't get it. I don't get how they're not scoring. I don't get how the defense was so bad all year. And I know Joey Bose is out, but he just last game was the first full game he's missed all season. I don't know what to make of this team. I can say I'm also disappointed in Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. I think this is a very low scoring game. The Patriots defense can still play ball. I don't know if it's going to be Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones. I think we're still waiting word for that. But I think the Patriots defense at least can keep them in this game where they cover. How about you? That's okay. Perfect. I wanted to hear that. I was waiting until I heard the very end and I heard keep it to cover. So depending on where you shop around, yeah, you, you might have, we're at five here at Zen Sports. There, there's some five and a half, there's some four and a half. Uh, just remember, you know, a four and a half, five, five and a half is pretty much all the same number. So, you know, don't make a, a split decision because you see a four and a half. It's, it's kind of the same when you're booking NFL. Ali, are the Chargers going to lose to the Patriots? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> They're going to give New England their third win on the season. There's a couple of teams that I had circled that I really wanted to actually, you know, hear from your perspective. Like who's picking up a win? Is it the Patriots this week? Is it Arizona? We'll cover them in rapid. Uh, is it Carolina? We'll, you know, we'll cover them in, in rapid as well. There's some teams here where I'm starting to think it's, it's probably tankathon time. Uh, and I mean, look, it, it's still a Belichick run production, but man, that team is so bad. It's as bad as the Patriots we've seen. And I, I don't know, <laughs> the nineties, yeah. that's probably how far back you have to go. It's just really. And if you just take a look at their body of work, it's just a lot of turnovers. Uh, it, it's, it's bad, bad play at home. I mean, they're only averaging, they're not even averaging 17 points a game at home. Uh, this this continuing this entire season. So if if that's the track record, if you know that they're only going to be putting up seventeen, is are they going to held the Chargers to sixteen or less? I and think they the will. Question. I think they will. And you know what? I know everyone talks about tanking in the NFL, but tanking in the NFL is different than say the NBA because the NBA obviously you can rest starters in the NFL, besides maybe the last week, these are still guys that they're limited to playing 17 games a season. They still play for pride. That's one thing I can say about the NFL. I, I just don't see teams wholeheartedly tanking as you would think they are. <laughs> Unless you go back to when the Giants were playing or <laughs> Eagles were yeah. playing the commanders in the last game and the Eagles just had to beat the commanders and they didn't. And it's then nice. Doug Peterson got fired for it. And say deservedly that, so. exactly. but deservedly so so right. you know i i don't think that it's it's necessarily these teams are going to tank 
And to answer your question, I think multiple teams actually pull off the upset this week. We just saw a bunch of favorites win, Robert. And if I've been watching, and I've been watching this game for a long time to know, whatever happens the week before, most likely the opposite happens the next week. So I'm not going to be surprised if there's a lot of underdogs that pull off straight up wins this week. And the Patriots could probably be one of them. But Robert, if the Patriots do somehow beat beat the Chargers, is there a chance Brandon Staley coaches next week? Wow, that's a great point uh yeah with a with a record of four and eight where we put their season win total to 10 i i really think i I always feel like we could go back about 35 episodes and say wait a second weren't you talking about firing brandon staley last season as well last season that like before (laughs) playoffs last season uh this is it's it's not gonna be good uh i'm i'm gonna go ahead and just play the advocate here for for him i say that they do pick up the victory this, by the way, if uh, if you're watching this game, um, why? <laughs> uh, but you, know, you live yes. in you live in uh, Los Angeles and New England. Those the the only <laughs> games that you don't have Red Zone or NFL Network. <laughs> yes, and, and obviously, here's what you do have to work with as you're listening here. Uh, Chargers, they've lost their last three. They've uh, they're zero and three against the spread, and they've gone under in their last two. Uh, and then, then, of course, New England lost four straight. Uh, all four against the spread are 0-4, and they've gone three games under. Uh, so a, a whole lot of losing and not scoring. This actually, and I, and I keep looking at this one number, it's this 16.6 uh, points per game at home for New England. That That's where you're supposed to rally. That's where you're supposed to come up strong. You're averaging only 16.6 at home. Uh, scored and you're giving up 25.6 against that's going to be enough for me to say that the chargers pick up the victory here. All right. Ready for the rapid fire round? My favorite part. All right. Let's start at Falcons and jets. What do we got here, Robert? The Atlanta Falcons after opening them up three now two and a half and the total 34. So I think that there's something to be said about Aaron Rodgers being at practice and motivating this jet squad. I don't know if he actually plays this year. I mean, for him to be cleared to practice, that's significant after just suffering that Achilles tear week one of the NFL. I think that the Atlanta Falcons still struggle to score. They're not going to be able to compete against that Jets defense. The Jets defense, I think, are going to do enough to keep them in this game. I think the the offense might be a little motivated knowing Rodgers has the potential to be back. So I like the Jets to cover here. How about you, Robert? You know, this is one of those games where first thing I wanted to do was look at the total. Hey, by the way, we have an NFL total of 33 and a half. You used to see that in preseason. <laughs> Haven't so we first... seen like a bunch of head scratching totals this year in the NFL? <laughs> yes. Like it's been historic lows. So the first team to 20 points wins this game. Uh, I, I say with a total that low, it's way too low. I want to go over the total of 34 here, Allie. Yeah, I actually think it could go over, and I, I'm going to agree with you on that, but I, I do like the Jets to cover here. What about, Robert, the Cardinals and the Steelers? Cardinals just got blown out by the Rams. What do we got? Yeah, exactly. So the Steelers now five and a half. The favorite, the total is 41, Allie. So I do like the Cardinals to bounce back this week. I think that the Cardinals always seem to struggle against the Rams. We saw that one playoff game a few years ago where they just got demolished, I believe, against the Rams. I really like I really like them to bounce back this week. I still think the Steelers are pretenders. I don't know how they found ways to win with Kenny Pickett at a quarterback, but they have. I'm going to go with the Cardinals to cover here. How about you? 
Okay, great. Again, I wanted to hear that last part with to cover. Uh, yes. I, I have to come in and, and jump in. Can they win this game in Pittsburgh? Um, I think they can. I, I really think they can. I think they have with Kyler back and in, in his offensive. The thing with the Steelers is I don't think that besides Lamar Jackson, they've really played that mobile of a quarterback besides Kyler. I think they're, they're going to struggle to contain him. And he's a completely different runner than Lamar. So I think that they're, I think the Cardinals are going to put some points on the board. I have a feeling that we, we take a look at Pittsburgh's record and we're saying, wait, how are they seven and four? The yeah, last, exactly, exactly. The last three weeks is kind of where I started to take a look and found something that came out. Both Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are absolutely just tearing up defensive lines. That's where they're really starting to pick up some real, real pick, real pieces. Now, on the season, they're only 114 rushing yards of offense on average, but the last three has been really, really impressive. They've held on to the ball, really lowered their turnover ratio, and they started to really start to pick up the pieces. I don't know what Arizona is going to do to stop that. I really don't think they're going to. Uh, and on top of that, I'm not quite sure if Kyler Murray is going to have enough time to generate enough offense uh, and, and get time to generate enough offense from this Pittsburgh front four. Uh, I think Pittsburgh gets the cover here myself. We're going to go the other way. All right. What about Dolphins and Commanders? So Miami, nine points the better. The total is 48 and a half. Yeah, this is one where, again, that's it's a lot of points. I don't think the commanders are as bad as people uh, as they played in their last few games. They did, they did make it competitive against against Dallas on Thanksgiving until the second half came. However, Miami can still score at will and that Washington defense is totally annihilated now that Montre Sweat and Chase Young are no longer in that front seven. I really this is the type the time of the year Robert when there's a, an elite team like the Dolphins going against a bottom feeder like the commanders that I'd rather be wrong picking the favorite than be wrong picking the going with the underdog again. And I was wrong last week because I picked them to, to cover against the Cowboys. So I'm not doing that again this week, Robert. I think Miami covers comfortably. How about you? Excellent point. And I'm going to go with you there. Don't overcomplicate things on this one. Washington threw in the towel when they traded away all their players at the deadline. They have no defense. They can't stop anyone, much less Miami. Miami wins this one by double digits. All right, Panthers and Bucks. What do we got? <laughs> Speaking of teams that have thrown in the towel, Tampa Bay, five and a half and the total 37. So this is just way too many points. I know how bad Carolina has been, but there's something to say again with a team playing under interim head coach. We just saw what the Raiders did in Antonio Pierce's first game, coaching them after Josh McDaniel got fired. Robert, you know all too well what Jeff Saturday did with the Colts last year after after uh, Frank Reich got fired and how they beat the Raiders. And I know that brings up bittersweet memories for you, actually just bitter memories for you. <laughs> Gotta bring that up. Uh, so I, I do think the Panthers rally around their, their interim coach. I think having a change of scenery is at least going to put them some points on the board. I just don't think the Bucs are good either. These are two really bad teams. The Bucs have had some luck, some lucky wins. I thought more highly of Baker at the beginning of the season. Like I always fall into the trap. I think the Panthers, this is, this is going to be another low scoring game, but I think they do enough to cover. How about you? Excellent. Again. So here, once again, I want to ask Allie, do they win in Tampa? Oh, 
No, I don't think they went out right, but I think they cover. Uh, there we go. Exactly. And obviously, if you just take a look at their record this year, uh, away, they haven't won. They're 0-6 straight up on the road, 0-5-1 against the spread. They really, really are absolutely anemic offensively right now. Not much more to play for. Uh, but you're right. Uh, they, they are going to put in whatever max effort they can. Uh, just a couple of days back, uh, Chenault Jr. just went on the IR for the rest of the season. So it, it's it's just basically rubbing some more salt in on the wounds. Very difficult to see uh, Tampa not pick up the cover here. So I'm going to take Tampa minus five and a half. All right. Browns and Rams. What do we got? Cleveland Browns in L.A. Three and a half. The Rams to favorite in the totals 40. I think this is way too much of a knee-jerk reaction of what the Rams did last week to to the Cardinals. I do think the Rams are a very underrated squad, but I also think very highly of the Cleveland Browns, as you know. Well, who do we have quarterbacking? Is it Flacco or Walker as of now, Robert? Yeah, so if we break down what I last saw, huh, uh, I, I still have both of them circled as possibilities. So I, <laughs> the fact that we even have uh, a discussion about Joe Flacco right now uh, is is pretty, pretty impressive. And I actually think that the last notes that I had, he was taking first team reps. So it looks like it's going to be Joe Flacco at quarterback. Well, you know, Flacco did win some games for the Jets last year, Robert. And I actually was one that was that was perplexed why they went off of Flacco for Zach Wilson. And then when Zach Wilson got fenced, they went to Mike White and didn't go back to Flacco because I think they, they were a better team with Flacco. I don't know what Flacco looks like, but I do know what the Browns defense looks like. And I think that they are going to cause havoc against Matt Stafford and that offense. I know how dynamic it is, but I like the the Browns in this situation, not only to cover Robert, but to win outright. How about you? Now that's impressive. I, I could finally get behind that. I mean, look, Cleveland's defense definitely has been their one constant all year. And that's gotten them plenty of victories, uh, you know, down the stretch. Uh, Cooper cup is injured. Once again, he's definitely not, anything that he used to be and you know there was a there was a good run for them in the middle of the season where they had both Nakua and Cup and it's going to be uh basically a, a one person show between him now we do have Kyron uh Kieran Williams returning back for the Rams it'll probably end up becoming just enough for me to think that the Rams pick up the win this one's going to be a nail biter though uh laying three and a half that's the hook that you probably want to do if you're just taking a look at it from a betting perspective. Right. Pick that up. Go ahead and take those points. This is a field goal game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would bet. I think they went out right, but to be safe, I would take the points. All right, last one, Robert. Bengals and Jaguars, the Monday night game. What do we got? Monday night game. Jacksonville, eight points the favorite, the total 39. Yeah, this is one where I don't think the Bengals are as bad on offense with Jake Browning as they showed last week against the Steelers. I think giving Browning another week with the first team, I think that's just too many points to lay. The, the Bengals are still a solid team, even with Browning at quarterback. So I'm going to take the points with the Bengals. How about you? Yeah, this one, this one's going to be tough to see Cincinnati pull off any kind of, well, I mean, look, they're, they're going to have to go in just like, like every other game on the schedule to put in their max effort, but Jacksonville's eight and three on the season. Jake Browning, I probably think he's in there because they really don't have much other of a choice. Uh, it, it's been a disappointing season for Cincinnati, and obviously all of it because of the lack of, you know, Joe Burrow. It just shows you just how uh, a, a league this league is. It's just driven by quarterbacks. Uh, you either have one or you don't. 
uh, this is going to be a Jacksonville win by double digits for me. All right. Well, that's all the time we have today, Robert. Thank you for joining me. And any last words or thoughts for the audience? Yeah, exactly. So find all these lines, sides, totals, and money lines, not to mention a bunch of players that we've been talking about. You could bet on those as well at the Zen Sports betting platform. See us at zensports.com. Well said, Robert. All right, everyone. Take care.